John Ross posting on Instagram him watching Ruggs' first run. He might be watching him take his job, too, the way he plays. Yeah, that man heard Steve that. Smith just ever, I mean, the, the dark. only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys, indeed. How about them Cowboys indeed, and how about this NFL Combine? We're back on Radio Road this early Friday morning after a night of late primetime workouts for the receivers, quarterbacks, and tight ends as this new coaching staff preps for their first draft in Dallas. But as is tradition, Jerry's gonna Jerry. The Cowboys bus has pulled in front of St. Elmo. Rosie has stiff-armed all the non-approved media out of the way. And Jerry stoked the flame on numerous fronts over some tiny Miller lights. And luckily for us, and you, all while he was mic'd up. So, we're here to break down it all. And the best of the best from Uncle Jerry, the McBillionaire, on another special combine edition of About Them Cowboys. I am Kent Garrison, your McThousandaire, barely, your temporary host and full-time producer here in the midst of all this draft and Cowboys chaos, but I would not have it any other way. And a friendly reminder to you, listener, you can get 40% off your subscription to The Athletic by using our custom link, theathletic.com slash aboutthemcowboys. That, of course, gets you full access to our entire content catalog across every vertical that we have and includes Dane Brugler's Beast 2020 Draft Guide at no extra charge. And that rounds out to about $2.99 a month. So throw away those Doritos Locos Tacos for maybe one month and get on this athletic subscription. And by the way, Dane and Chris Burke have been doing some excellent draft podcasts on Prospects to Pros here on The Athletic as well. So if you're a draft guru, you need to get on that and subscribe to that as well. It's Prospects to Pros on The Athletic. So the link again is theathletic.com slash aboutthemcowboys. So now... Time to welcome in our crew for this episode. I'm welcoming in the mafia boss of all things, Cowboys here at The Athletic. He is the man, the myth, the legendary godfather, John Mishota. Howdy, John. Good to see you, man. Hey, real quick. Yeah. One time, one time people were drinking mini Miller Lights on there. I just feel like that's overstated. Like, that doesn't happen every time. That, that's every time I was on there. No. No. It was a uh, no. Can I get you guys a mini Miller? Uh, he asks, but I'm every every time we go, he asks. But very oh, no one takes him up. Very few have ever taken him up on it. The legendary Jeff Cavanaugh might have been, <laughs> he might have been the only one that ever was. He, I think he, he got a whole six pack. He's like he even like, said he was like, with you. He was like, I'm only going to do this once in my life. I'm damn sure going to take a Miller Light from Jerry Jones. Which how my question I is, I don't fault the thought process there. How do you say no to drinking a mini Miller Light with the one Jerry Jones? Exactly. Know? It's pretty easy, actually. <laughs> you know, you're, you're you're a party animal, though, John. I mean, if Jerry was going to be drinking too, that'd be different. But like, if, if he's not drinking, I really don't. I don't need to be drinking. He, he drinks his iced tea and Pepsi. If he had a mini yeah. Pepsi, in if the video. Jerry was offering to take us out on the town yeah. after this was all over, well, then we're, then we're a, turning up. That's a different story. Yeah. So you just heard his voice here. We're welcoming back for the second time to About Them Cowboys. He's covering Jerry's boys every day for DallasCowboys.com. And him and I are combine veterans together from my days over at the infamous draft show. So be sure to check out the draft show as well. We're happy he is sitting at the table right now. It's always great to see him. It's Tiny Jim David Hellman. Hey, TJ. What's up, man? Good to see you, my man. It's good to, good to be here. Thanks for having you. me back. Yeah. Man, it, it, we've had some good times over the years. I feel like, 
you know, this thing used to be over in Lucas Oil Stadium, and maybe it's a little more convenient from a vicinity standpoint, but we were just talking on our last episode, John and I, about how this thing is just absolutely blown up. I remember when we got here in 2014, we were talking about how it's blown up, and it's come even further than that. I mean, when we brought the draft show to the Combine for the first time, there were like maybe four NFL teams broadcasting from the stadium. And remember, it was in the concourse, and it was only, it felt like it was only like 10 feet wide. Like, there was no room to do anything. Yeah, but you did actually feel like you were part of this. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, they I definitely, don't. No, they shunned us out. They shunned us across the street where... Like, I got Dane Brugge over here tweeting about how he gets to watch these workouts and stuff. I don't even know that these players exist until they bring them to this podium. Dane, Dane Brugler <laughs> has a way about him. I know Like, that. he makes things happen. Um... <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, we're sitting in this, like, enormous exhibition hall. Like, every team in the league and every media outlet not only is here, but is, like, podcasting right. from Radio Row. It's, uh, I mean, they and definitely... And has a backdrop. Hey. I, think, I think you guys might have started that. No, we, I, I'll, like, here's an anecdote. Um, the first year we came, like, the Eagles and the Bills had backdrops, and we had Jack. And Brian Broadus was beside himself. He was so angry. He was like, like, we're the Dallas Cowboys. We don't have a backdrop, and all these other slappies have backdrops. Like, we're fixing this immediately. And he immediately made one. I mean, he went home and got that thing. I think he probably ordered it himself. He didn't even wait for the company to help him. Exactly. And, yeah, you guys have the biggest backdrop out here, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he spared no expense. No. Just give us the biggest one. We're going to have a presence out there. It's, I mean, my man is competitive, and and he got us that backdrop and short order some good times back in the day some good dinners at, at the old weber grill over some pretzel rolls good times uh i put john on the spot a little bit on the last episode uh, for some combine memories maybe a favorite story from the combine what comes to mind when you like funny story maybe something like that um just from about i mean i have covered. funny stories i just don't you don't want to share them on podcast. Think appropriate. Yeah, I, I mean, it's not. It's not so much. And I mean, this isn't. This isn't groundbreaking. I guess it's just you really. It, people talk about it all the time, but like you really never know who you're going to run into. Like I freaking, I like ran into Brady Quinn on like literally. Like I was looking at my phone and he was looking somewhere. And that like, doesn't we, surprise like, me. At we all. like yeah, exactly. <laughs> we like smacked shoulders on this. I was like, oh holy crap, that was Brady Quinn and. You walk into a restaurant, like, I saw uh, Drew Rosenhaus was in my hotel the other day. Um, And, you know, obviously there's coaches and players everywhere. Um, So, I guess that's not super interesting, but, like, you can can walk into any establishment in this, like, 10-block radius, and you just never know who you're going to see. It's been a lot less so this year. I feel like... I've seen less coaches. Maybe it's because the workouts have been moved around to a yeah, different time. It absolutely has. This year is weird because I mean the the drills started Thursday night. It was I mean we've been here for like five days and that was the first time they've done anything. Yeah, and uh, I mean it goes till eleven o'clock. So like all the coaches and scouts are in the stadium until eleven mm-hmm. when these things are going on. So, well, a combine story that comes to mind. And David, yeah. was, David was there for you this one. You share this story, and I'll try to think of something better and more specific okay. while you talk. Well, speaking of Brian Broaddus, uh, you know, he was uh, on our show, and, and he's a guy who doesn't like to be late to anything. And so I think he booked us a flight out of here one time at, I don't know, 7 a.m., something like that. Like, the plane left at 7 a.m. It wasn't like, oh, we got to get there on 7. And so he wakes us up at 4 in the morning. And this was when the, this was the time where he refused to get an Uber. So he yep. had like a like a regular cab came. I don't think it it was a van cab. So we had like four or five people with all our suitcases in this like 
regular cab and it was too late to call a van at 4 a.m. So we just rolled with it. But so we're, we're riding out to the airport. It's pitch black outside and the cab driver's like, so what are you, what are you guys doing in town? And uh, <laughs> I think Brian was like, yeah, yep, yep. We're here for the combine. And he's like, combine, eh? You guys farmers? <laughs> and I looked it up, and I guess combine is a tractor? Yeah, it's like a... How do you, how do you not know that? Because I don't live in the Midwest. Right. I mean, come on, guys. Sorry. Obviously. And, uh, and yeah, so we, you know, all that to be said, we look like farmers. So he was... For sure. He probably just said, oh, these guys are definitely farmers. I'm just going to confirm that. But that cracks me up every time I think of going to the combine, like going to the farming convention up in up in Indianapolis. This thing's only been here what thirty years. And yeah. I'm surprised he had never heard of the combine, <laughs> the NFL combine. I think um, that reminds me. I think that was the same year that I mean, legendary Jeff Cavanaugh and Kevin Turner actually came up here to. I mean, you know, they can't get away from work very often, but they came up one year, and we went to the Slippery Noodle mm. after all of our. Uh, after all of our duties were done and you know we had some we tossed back some brewskis some and pitchers yeah and that was right around the time that uh 105.3 the fan decided to call us to get us on the radio oh yeah <laughs> which was probably not the most coherent like 15 minutes of radio that's oh ever gosh. been done yeah jeff played a game he called pass the phone and he was live on 105.3 The Fan, and, and he's doing a radio hit. And he's like, all right, here's David Hillman. And just put Dave on the spot. And yeah. they're asking you about actual draft questions. I bet they. <laughs> we, there was a jazz band playing in the background, like, very loudly. <laughs> I bet they really regretted calling us that night. Yeah. It, it's I, fine. I haven't seen Jeff here and KT here since then. So Which, maybe they learned their lesson. It was a massive bummer, honestly. I'd love to get him back. Exactly. Well, man, it's been good times here. But like we said at the outset, Jerry does his annual bus interview, and Dave, maybe you can give us a little bit of context of what this is about, because this is unlike any other team. No other team's owner parks their bus in front of the stadium and invites media on there to talk. So I think it's maybe the most exciting Jerry interview of the offseason or the whole season, really. You yeah. never know what you're going to get. It's, uh, you know, I mean, the Cowboys are always going to do things a little bit different and a little bit... Um, more cowboysy than everybody else obviously i mean you know yeah every other owner for the most most of the other gms and coaches in the league talked on tuesday mike mccarthy had a separate thing on wednesday stephen jones is here he does his own interview like it's just different uh than every other team and nothing encapsulates that more than i mean officially it's just it's just Jerry's yearly combine interview as the general manager of the Cowboys. Every GM does it. Right. But Jerry's not going to get up on a cardboard podium in the convention center <laughs> and field questions. He's going to do why it. Why not? Because his... he's Jerry freaking Jones. That's he why. He has $5 billion, John. Uh, and so he he has the, the local beat writers come on to his very nice bus, and he graciously... Yeah. Let's us pepper him with questions for honestly, it's usually about 45 minutes, but yesterday was a different beast. Mm, I think yeah. we, we talked for 90 minutes yesterday. Um, there, it was, uh, you know, it kind of kind of trails off the end. Maybe we'll talk about some of the stuff he. Well, there's a reason why it was something for 90 minutes because there was clearly something planned that wanted to yeah. be talked about for yeah. the first 30 minutes. So it would have been a normal maybe hour, but because of all that right. CBA talk. Um, I think, you know, 
I mean, if you're listening to this, I assume you know, or at least have some sort of idea, but the owners have approved a proposed CBA. Uh, the NFL's player reps have also approved it. So it's, it's going to a league-wide oh. vote. So depending on how the, you know, 16, 1,700 players in the NFL vote, they could be adopting a new CBA anytime in the next two weeks, or they could reject it and kind of continue these negotiations on yeah. a new collective bargaining agreement. So Jerry Jones, as one of the most visible and powerful owners in the league and somebody who voted for the CBA, uh, very, I mean, uh, would you call that a stump speech? Yeah. He basically, well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on here. <laughs> Clearly it was because my man had a piece of paper out yeah. that he was like no, reading he had notes. stats. He had, points. He yes. had notes. Wow. But, but not like talking points like I've Never seen him have before where he keeps them on the lap. Like he literally had them on that table and yeah. started reading off things that like how if he was this going, CBA was in place. How much better player salaries would be using. Rookie. Rookie salaries though. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously yeah, it's going to help that. But it, this has a major impact on the Cowboys because of the fact that these deals with Dak and Amari, which is obviously the two most important things of this offseason, aren't getting it done until this new CBA is in place because they're not they're not going to commit to some long-term deal until they know exactly what's on the table. And so, you know, much like that wrecking ball couldn't take down that leaning tower, we just keep waiting here <laughs> a little for this to wait. happen, and we're going to wait even longer. I love that analogy so much because, like, I think of it as, like, you know, one of those like elaborate domino displays where like once you hit the first brick, a whole bunch of crazy stuff's going to happen. But yeah. it hasn't the first one hasn't fallen yet. And that's the CBA because the Cowboys don't want to do these deals till they know the parameters of, of the CBA because it affects contract structure. It affects how many tags they have to use. Um, but they haven't voted on it yet. And it, and Jerry, I even asked Jerry yesterday, like, do you know when this vote's going to happen? And he doesn't. Yeah. So. We're just kind of in a holding pattern for for the foreseeable future. On, on the whole Dak Amari thing, though, I, I think he made it abundantly clear that you know if there's only one tag and they can't sign them both, it's got to be Dak. Amari's out. Yeah. I mean, he's not talking about Amari being a it's, family member. No, you know, he's comparing Dak to Steven being a family. I haven't heard him talk well, about the player like that since Tony Romo. Yeah, because no. we can play that uh, that audio here. I got some more questions about the CBA a little bit later on uh, and how that affects things, but. This is Jerry talking about Dak Prescott as the future of the Cowboys. We know that you believe Dak is your guy and can be the quarterback for the future, win you a Super Bowl. What's the best way to describe the feelings you have right now as to the situation you're in within contractually? Oh, I... Uh, uh, stumped. Never, the same as I feel about Steven. <laughs> uh, there's no going forward without Steven. <laughs> I had to pause. It sounds like he's considered going forward without Steven. He's like, oh, God, I guess I can't move forward without Steven. Got to have to make it work somehow. <laughs> there's absolutely no way there's any truth to that. Those two, those two are not even like, to me, I don't even think, I think of them as father-son secondary to being like almost like best friends. I don't even Dude, think of him as father-son. I think of him as Jerry and Jerry 1A. You know, it's like. Yeah, I mean. I, well, I, don't, I wouldn't go 1A because the reason why is because Steven's not really like Jerry. Like no, personality, I'm talking about Jerry's, power in the organization. Like, Jerry, like if, if Jerry's not there and Steven's running the team, like, we're not going to get as much. He's not going to be talking to us as much. He's not going to be the same way. Like, that. these bus things, we might get a bus thing, and it's going to be an hour and a half. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be curious to see what that They're just different people, like. I guess. They, no, what. they definitely are, but at the same time, I do... I do think of them almost as like one unit. And I mean, Jerry Jones is always going to have the final, final say because mm -hmm. he is the owner of the team and, and the patriarch of the family. But 
he does not do much without the you know without a lot of help and a lot of input from Steven. Yeah, it reminds me a couple of years ago, I think, when the Des Bryant contract was a, a talking point around this time, and we asked Steven about it right when we got here, and he said, "We're gonna have to." Gonna have to talk to Jerry on that one. You know, yeah. like some things Which, he makes his he makes his opinion abundantly clear. Right. But ultimately, Jerry if Jerry wants him back. Jazz Jerry, will be back. If Jerry, Jerry wants him ab- gone, he'll be gone. Jerry absolutely loves the back and forth. Uh, whereas I think Stephen, he'll just be shorter. He, he'll he's shorter on answers, and I believe that's how he'll be uh, when he's in, completely in charge by himself. Is that uh, he, he's not gonna like Jerry said yesterday. Like he like when we was talking about what he like enjoys about the football and NFL and this combine and everything, he mentioned talking to the media. Who else is saying that? Like, what other owner or general manager is saying? Like, he genuinely loves, like, the back and forth. Like, even when you ask him something that he doesn't want to talk about, like when I asked about the Astros thing, like, he says no comment. But then when you're, like, transcribing, you're like, well, 15 sentences later, like, I mean, you know. It's like sparring for him. You know, it's like, uh, you know, some people like to haggle, like, the art of the deal. Like, he just, he enjoys it. Right. Yeah. So here's more of Jerry on deck. Or, your, or one of your family members. So you got to get it figured out. But there's no frustration or disappointment or that, that you're in this spot because you've not been in this spot with a quarterback. I actually understand when I, uh, when I twinge and I know how he must feel when he's feeling that. Uh, I, we've done this so many times. Uh, and I've done it so many times away from football, and so um, I know what's happening to you when you when you get irritated or you get put off or you're not happy with who you're negotiating with. So, just to rewind a little bit about the CBA, what do you think the point of contention will be for the players? Do you guys expect this thing to be approved relatively soon so that they can get this deal done? I'm basing this off what I've heard from other reports and other conversations. I'm not an expert on the CBA, and I, but it sure seems like that's why Jerry was harping on salaries. Is that I think I think uh, Demoris Smith, the head of the NFLPA, even said this a couple days ago: is they expect it to be approved because of what it's going to do for the non-elite players in the league. Like it's supposed to boost salaries by 20% like immediately, and over the life of the deal like every salary in the league will hit a million per year or better. So like base salary in the NFL right now is what, 600,000? Yeah, and so it'll take it over a million. So it'll get more people on board, and that's why yeah. it will ultimately pass. But right. the guys at the top, no, the, they're not it's in clear. favor of this. But there's so few guys that are at the top that, that they're going to get out. Exactly. Out I mean, think so. Aaron Rodgers has come out against it. Russell Wilson has come out against it. J.J. Watt, uh, Marky, the, the Pouncey Twins very uh, colorfully let us know that. And that's why like they're this. coming out against it, because they know that they're in the minority about yeah. it, and they need to speak up because so, they want other and, players to see like, oh, wow, hey, look, Aaron Rodgers is saying that maybe we need to hold off here. Because if he just keeps it to himself, yeah. none of their players know it. I think it, they went in a landslide, but I think some of these yeah. top-level players are trying to get out there, whether it's social media or whatever, to try and exp- say like, hey, I don't know if this is the best deal for all of us. But I think that's Jerry's, uh, I guess, strategy, for lack of a better word, is like, He's, you know, he he said it yesterday on the bus. It was like this is about this isn't about the top ten or eleven players on your roster. This is about the guys that make up the other forty some odd spots who are not making tens of millions of dollars like they stand to make the most. Yeah, and I think you know. 
I guarantee you players have misgivings about, you know, 17 games and, um, you know, a bunch of other things that, that, are, a, that are in there. Is that a shortened preseason if it's 17 games? Yes. It would yeah, be a three-game uh, preseason, and it sounds like a two-week wait from the end of the preseason to the start of the gosh, regular season. I'm all for that. Well, the, uh, but this is, this is another key part to that, too, though. We're talking, like, even less workouts like in the off season and during training camp in pads like there's not going to be very much of that at all there's going to be more days off during training camp mm-hmm. which i'm really cool with <laughs> yeah. but um they're just they're going to make up for it on that side of it where it's like yeah we're going to add a, an additional regular season game but what we're going to do is there's going to be one less preseason game and then the off season workouts and i, I don't know if it infects or affects the uh during the season practices too like it just sounds like there's going to be very little pad work done during and i already <laughs> like, thought that there's very yeah little pad i think work it's done. only 18 padded practices yeah, during training, training camp yeah. And it was 26. I yeah. mean, and that didn't even seem like a lot when we've been out. No, there, for know? sure. Um, These guys are professional football players. They don't need to learn how to hit. Does that make sense? Oh, no, like I don't know do about that. Yeah, I don't know. Do you think? Do you think today's tackling is the best tackling that no, there's ever no, been? No, like, I think all. it kind of gets sloppy, and I think that that. I, and I understand why they're doing it. Believe me, I'll trade off this some sloppy tackling for yeah. you know more regular real season football as long as guys aren't getting hurt and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I actually, I mean. It, it's it's a catch-22 because I think they do need the work. Like, it's sloppy. Guys don't tackle as well as they used to. Like, fundamental football that seems true. like yeah. it's gone. But at the same time, like, we have turned this into a 10-month marathon. Like, you know, teams are going to start coming back to the facility in, like, two weeks to do captain's workouts. Then you're there all through the off-season program. And then it's a freaking basically a six-month slog from – late July until the Super Bowl's over in February. So right. you can't ask guys to be physical every day if they're keeping that schedule. It's just not possible. Exactly. Yeah, I, I do think that that has the best players. Uh, I mean, has the players' interest in mind, and that's good to see the NFL is going that direction. What do you think of the marijuana policy that they're going to, I guess, I don't know. Well, they just have to catch back. up with the times. Yeah, catch I mean, up with the times be, a little bit. I mean, let's be serious here. I mean, the, there are a lot of players that turn to marijuana because it helps them. Like, you know, you're yeah. talking about the hitting and that recover during the week. Like that's right. like a key part of it. And you're having it legalized in all these States. Like it just, you have to catch up with the time. You're going to be hitting these guys with these big suspensions over things like that. And it just doesn't make sense. You don't see it across other leagues. Hey, speaking of across other leagues, they keep uh, making this schedule. They keep expanding it. More games, more games. We're going to start seeing NFL guys get load management days. Yeah, I'm not playing in this game, Coach. This That's, is a load I mean, management game for me. I've, I heard that proposed as an idea is like bump it up to 18 games, but man, like mandate that X amount of guys have to take two games off or whatever. Yeah, man. But that would be that would get really interesting to see well, you how have they that would two bye weeks then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's true. I, I mean, that's not going to happen in, under this CBA. But <laughs> I, I mean, other than bumping player salaries, I think the drug testing thing is like the owner's biggest concession to get players on board. Is like y'all want this? The the disciplinary system is out of date. Uh, the testing system is like way over strict compared to other leagues. And I think that's probably their best bet to get people on board. Is that you know we're going to make your lives a lot easier. Uh, if you approve this thing. What do you think happens with Randy Gregory and or David Irving? Oh, well, I mean, hey, I mean David hey, Irving's hey. already in the reinstatement hey. process, apparently. Can, <laughs> a, can a passport, uh, David Irving? I know, we, I know we're going to get into Des in a second, but like, 
uh, 24 hours ago, I would have said, yeah, it doesn't matter. Not bringing any of these guys back. But if you ask, if, if everybody's ask coming Jones, back, yes, according everybody, to Jerry Jones, everybody's we're coming bringing back. the whole crew back together. Yeah, we're not, we're not, we're not closing the door on anybody. Um, I don't know. I, those guys, I would say Randy Gregory. Randy Gregory. I, I don't, I don't buy the David Irving stuff, and I could be wrong, but like it, it was so contentious. And like, if you're, if your memory's fuzzy, like he quote unquote sprained his ankle in October. Mm-hmm. And then was gone for the season, yeah. and you know, just rubbed. A, and a, a big part of that was Jason Garrett, but I think he rubbed a lot of people in the building the wrong way as well. Um, I would be surprised to see that happen. The biggest difference, not too, so with, much Randy though, with, the, with both those guys though. I mean, I'm not saying that they need to go out and pump out 15 Instagram and, and Twitter videos, but you don't hear anything about any of those guys doing anything like trying to get back into the game, workouts, things like that. I just I haven't heard anything about Randy Gregory other than fans being like. We look like we're going to be thin at pass rusher. We used to have this Randy Gregory. It'd be really cool if he came back. Like you wouldn't hear Randy Gregory's name at all if Robert Quinn was still under contract for like another year or two. I have I have occasionally like private conversations with people who say he's working like he's keeping a super low profile. I don't know what that means. I don't know what kind of shape he's in. I do think he's working toward it, but I couldn't begin to put a timeline on when I think that's possible. And that's why, and I understand why fans ask about it so much because he's a talented player and he could help this team. I just, I, it's not at a point where I would count on it. You know what I mean? Like, no, if certainly no, not. Yeah. If, if it comes out that, you know, if the new CBA is approved and the rules change and the NFL puts him on a path toward reinstatement, I revisit it then. Until then, I just I don't know how you you bank on it or even hope for it until you hear something else. How bad do you feel f- for him though if this new drug policy does get approved? You know all those years he missed yeah. because of weed is just it's, for them to be like we're sorry. You know? <laughs> the fact yeah, that, I, think that, I think there was more. There was to the it rules just, at the time, and and I know I think there's more to it than there's just that. there's testing that you know. Let's be honest. We've heard as high as seventy five percent of players actively smoke weed during the season whatever and they know the rules they can get around when the tests are whatever he couldn't do he couldn't even do that so it's one of those things where you have to know the rules and and kind of work within them and if he really is as addicted as is i guess inferred then he might not even this new policy might not even work for him it just sucks that and you know there's a there's a mental health aspect to the whole right. thing. And, and Randy's, he's touched on it in the past. He doesn't ever want to get too much into detail. And I don't blame him. I mean, that's his private life. But it just sucks that there's a clearer path back to the field for guys who do, like, so much awful stuff. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the, the, the Tyree kills and the um, Kareem hunts and the Greg Hardys and all that stuff. Like, there's, you know... Would it, would it, eh, it might shock me at this point, but like, would you be completely stunned if Antonio Brown found his way back after all no. the ridiculous stunts he's pulled? And it just, it sucks that guys who do way worse stuff have an easier time getting back to the field than a guy who, you know, self medicates for bipolar you know, disorder. Yeah, exactly. Like diagnosed uh, bipolar disorder. It, right? it, I, I feel for him. And yeah, I mean, if, if the new CBA, help, like, I'll be happy if the new CBA helps him find his way back to the field. But I will, you know, it'll suck that basically, you know, he had two or three years of his career thrown away by some outdated policies. Exactly. There's one quote on Mike McCarthy that I wanted to play from Jerry that I I don't know what he was kind of trying to say here. So let's play, uh, I guess, decipher Jerry and see see what you guys think about this one. I believe Mike has uh, has Mike 
played in a uh, coached in a Super Bowl game that didn't win the Super Bowl? Do y'all know? I, I don't think he has, has he? I don't think he's has. But I've been told that the greatest uh, motivator there is is to coach a team and go and not win it. All right. Uh, I don't. All right. You so, like that pregnant pause after he like none of us well, responded because we were like. Well, hold on here. First of he all, asking? he does that stuff a lot. And so if, if you were just sitting there talking to him for 10 minutes, somebody told you, you only have 10 minutes with him, maybe you jump in. But, like, especially when that was going on, we're already, like, a good, first of all, we started, we started out getting, taking some serious punches early on with this CBA talk yep. to where it was like, someone please ask about anything but the CBA. I want to get away from this. Like, let's, let's can we somebody ask about some player. And so by the time we're already at that stage, like, you're kind of like, you don't want to interrupt, but you're kind of like, oh, is this serious? Like, oh, do, oh, do you really yeah. want to know? What he's saying is basically that, it's it's funny, like he, he he just he says the same stuff about Mike McCarthy, that he was in just a different way than he was saying about Jason Garrett. Because what he's using is his analogy is like he's been to a Super Bowl, so he's been there, and then you know he's he's had this the back end of of his time in Green Bay where he gets fired, and it's like so he's been through the battles too, and that's the guy I want to be in the foxhole with. Well, he said the same stuff about Jason Garrett. He's like you know he's been there for for the bad stuff and the good, and that's the type of coach I want to be in the foxhole with. So it just he's going to find a way to try and put a spin on that, and obviously it's perfect for him to have the fact that Mike McCarthy has won a Super Bowl. What he was asking is. Is he one of those coaches also, let's say, like a Jeff Fisher who got to a Super Bowl, right. but then but then didn't win it? And I was thinking about what? Jeff Fisher a lot when he, said that, when he said that because I was like, well, Jeff Fisher's gotten to a Super Bowl, and it never got even close to getting back there then. You know, it, that, so I don't know. I think he – let's just put it this <laughs> way. Understand it. He was thinking out loud. You it, know? It's, Which it's, he does often. And, and, and hey – He's from a different generation. Our generation would just sit there and we would literally pull up our phone Seriously. and we'd start like searching stuff, but he's not pulling out the flip phone like that's that. That's like when I hang out with that that's my relationship with Brian Broadus in a nutshell is like he just asks me questions knowing that I'm going to look it up. Like, I'm going to pull out my phone and answer the question Hellman. for him. Get that no. phone out. No, seriously. And I'm like, you, you you, have a phone as well, my man. Like, you look it up. <laughs> First of all, it sounds like he didn't do much due diligence on Mike McCarthy's coaching history before he really hired him. No, Second, <laughs> I will say this. You know what I really believe? The more that we're around him, and now that we got about a month and a half since he's been hired as the head coach, um, I think, I'll take Jason Garrett line. Line one. There you go. They were not going young coach. They, yeah. I mean, for how much Jerry Jones talks about, like, even when we do these podcasts and I write, like, I'm always trying to, like, talk around the idea of, like, well, when Jerry Jones dies, this is how because you don't really want to talk about it, but he brings that stuff all, all the time. He said it yesterday. Right. He's like, this is my last contract, which he meant the CBA, which right. is a 10-year deal, so that's a long time. But. Would not surprise me if he lives beyond another 10 years. Yeah, you can't, I, I can't bet against it. Right, Wait, that's I what I'm saying. I feel uncomfortable even talking yeah, about like, it. But. Right, but, but he... Predict the uh, end. Right, but he, but he brings it up more than anybody yeah. you know i don't know how i mean i've never been there i'm i'm leave i'm less than half his age but like when you get to that point i don't know how you don't think about it you yeah know? and so anyway they weren't going to go a young coach so mm-hmm. as much as it would have moved the needle and it would have done great page views if it's lincoln riley or meyer just remove those those were never going to be the case and so out of all the veteran coaches and then you just look at the other four teams that hired new head coaches like you could just tell like there wasn't anybody out there was no like that next guy and to be honest with you like you look at some of these coaches like did anybody know that Sean McVay was going to have success immediately no. with, with the Rams like I know I know that it's because that Mike McCarthy it's like kind of people just think that Aaron Rodgers just took him to the Super Bowl so it's like we already seen what he can do let's move on to the next thing but like how many of these coaches do you really know like okay that's going to work because like I'll, I'll be honest with you right now like I'll ask both of you guys this so let's say this is two years ago um 
and uh, Jason Garrett's job becomes available. Like, do you really, and, and taking everything you've seen up until this point, you can count this past year, you, you're feeling mu- that much better about John Gruden than Mike McCarthy? Because I'm telling you right no. now, if John Gruden's in the Monday night booth, you haven't seen him at all coach for the Raiders. He's been out of the game this, this entire time, and he's, in, he's still in the booth. You're telling me that he wouldn't have been one of the top candidates oh, for fans sure. would have been talking about, like, this oh, is it. Sure. They got to get him. Sure. How many years did they keep talking about Bill Cowher over and over Which, and over again? I'll put my Homer hat on real hard. I don't know if uh, I don't know if Mike McCarthy will get the Cowboys to the NFC title game, let alone the Super Bowl. But he got the Packers back to that point several times after that Super Bowl. Funny, and I, I don't know. I don't mean to throw too much shade, but like John Gruden, like the Buccaneers fell apart in under his watch. Like he got fired from that team because he couldn't even sustain a winning record, let alone getting back to a Super Bowl. He so. just has a real likable, like Chucky quality. Yeah, I he, he's a great. I think the players would respect the hell out of John Gruden. Listen to him, that whole thing. I don't. I, think I don't John know that Gruden they don't. Has the locker room. I don't know that they wouldn't respect Mike McCarthy. I'm, I'm not tell saying you, that. Hey, let me tell you something real quick. When you brought up like talking about previous Super Bowls and like we talk about the Aaron Rodgers stuff and all that, like. We're digging way deeper into this than players do. Sure. Like, they just, I mean, it's just a young man's league. Like, they're sitting there, and it's like, like, I always tell Dave, like, I laugh at some of these players, and I'll be like, yeah, I just grew up a Cowboys fan, but I'm just like, just winning Super Bowls. Like, you weren't around for the Super Bowl years, man. No, you weren't born yet. That wasn't happening. These (laughs) kids that are talking here were like, what? I mean, if you're 22 right now, that puts you at... We're Nin- talking about 1998, 2014 Cowboys. Bro, was there? Ni- me do math. Right 19, now. like 97, 98 is yep. like, and maybe even like 99 is when a lot of these guys were born. That's yeah. that's way after the Super Bowl years. So I just don't think they're looking at it as just like, yeah, in the locker room. I don't know, man. When Rodgers went down, Dude. the way they look with Brett Hundley, I just don't know if this is our guy. Like they're not the, looking that. The deep vast majority of players like don't really care about that stuff. Yeah. Other, I mean, what when you get into the week to week grind, that's one thing. But like, are they thinking about it right now? I really doubt it. No. Um, you brought up a point I wanted to touch on too, which I wow, I totally. It was something about McCarthy. One more thing about this Jerry quote on McCarthy, though. It, towards the end, he says. The greatest motivator is is losing a Super Bowl. So was he hoping that he had lost one so that he'd be more motivated? Because now he's saying, like, if you've won one, you're not going to be as motivated to win another one. No, he was just talking. <laughs> it's like, it, a no. little contradictory there, Jared. Yeah. That was a classic case of just thinking out loud and being right. like, oh, never mind. It's a, all never on the mind. record. I mean, he clearly was asking us a question, too. So yeah. he was obviously just trying to you know think of it but what i what point he was getting at there was that he's heard like in conversations talking to former coaches that like yeah. the ones that when they got to the super bowl and then they lost like how much you know fire it provided for them and, mm-hmm. and how much more motivated they were. And, and, and he's tying that in because that's not in the clip, but he was also talking a lot about when, you know, he was asked specifically about Mike McCarthy and what he liked. He was talking about, like, the how he had the year off and how that rejuvenated him. And that's what he's meaning is, like, he, you know, it kind of lit that fire in him. And so that's why he was trying to make those those comparisons gotcha. that he's so hungry right now. I found my train of thought again, too, which, yeah, I mean, I think we, we talked about it because the last time I came on with y'all was when McCarthy got hired. Yeah. And it's, I mean... Jerry still loves Jason Garrett, and I. It's yeah. so it's so plain to see that when they pulled the trigger on that, he was like, "All right, fine. If you're telling me we got to move on from this guy who's got X amount of experience and three playoff trips and blah blah blah, like who's definitively done more? Like yeah. I'm not I'm not ready to start over with a guy that's never coached a pro game. I want right. somebody that's been there and done that. And 
Mike McCarthy is just about the only option in this hiring cycle. And he absolutely loved Tony Romo, like the way you talk about the Garrett thing, too. And um, But it gets to a point where you're forced to make a decision. And oh, he sure. was forced to, I mean, obviously, like, now he's comparing Dak to his son. His son, so. yeah. Well, you know who he also said was his son at the the Bay Wants concert uh, a couple of years ago, sitting with him in the booth to... Uh, he did not call her Bay Wants. Uh, well, he called Bono Beyonce. 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 And, and <laughs> Mr. Z. Well, yeah. He, Mr. Z, that was right. He didn't call him Mr. He Z. Thinks his he last did. name is I mean, Z. He, he said Jay-Z, but then he said, he said something about Mr. Z one time. He definitely did, I promise. I swear. Okay. Ba- well, Bay once was in there. Oh, he called Bono Buno. So that, that's a classic Jerry mispronunciation. Yeah, no way. Did you, did you go to the U2 concert at the stadium? Yeah, I hung out with uh, Buno and... He's got a way with words, man. He does. What a legend. I enjoy it. Well, yeah, the other guy that is his son, as he said, is Des Bryant. And I guess the main headline coming out of this was, and, and believe me, the listener knows, John almost laughed me off the show the other day when, when Steven didn't shut the door. And he's like, oh, there's no, absolutely no way they're going to leave that open. I said, just wait till Jerry talks. It, they're, they're not going to. I would go to, def- to come to the defense of my homie, John. I don't think a single beat writer expected to hear that from steven well from, from anybody i didn't expect to hear it from steven mm-hmm. steven is the Let kind me just of say this yeah we didn't expect to hear it but as you're walking off that bus we're gonna we're gonna set the over under at people that have covered the team at five years over five years and that one person walked off that bus going <laughs> des is coming back it right. was like no nah, jerry i mean especially too because like you like you mentioned like let's take everything and put it in there does come back Byron Jones is coming back. Witten's coming back. Witten. Sean Lee. Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn. Um, any, anybody else? Uh, Sean DeMarcus Lee. Ware? Is he, is he coming yeah, back he too? Like, coming he was back. not in a position to say anybody wasn't. And so because of that, I was like, and it also, you know, maybe he's also trying to help do Des a favor and providing some extra motivation out there that, hey, you know, keep working at this. There is a chance that you can come back. I mean, I, if, if I'm him right now, I'm more geek than ever that like, hey, I got a chance to come back to like the, my dream scenario and come back to, you know, play for the Dallas Cowboys. And so maybe that lights a little bit more of a fire. And, and maybe if it, it not, doesn't lead to him coming back for the Cowboys, it leads to him, you know, ending up with another team. I just, it's not, it, it's really, you know, people will talk about behind the scenes and him tweeting snakely and all that stuff like that like for me i don't know that's kind of even secondary like i just look at the way the team is and i'm just kind of like well if they get amari done i don't see where he fits in there and then i'm actually to the point now where i'm like well if amari doesn't get done then why wouldn't you be drafting a guy from this deep wide receiver class it just it doesn't i don't know it just doesn't really fit now if des bryant is a defensive end then i'm kind of like yeah, I don't even bulk, yeah, bulk, bulk him up. I, I'm really trying to go on the other side whatever. of the ball here because there's just so many holes oh, there. Oh, okay, you're like, okay. You're not saying just, you literally will play defensive end. You're yeah, saying, yeah. Oh, okay, saying, like, I know what you're played, sorry, My bad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, if he played defensive end or, or if he was, uh, you know, a safety or something like that, or you know, really, yeah, it would plays. have to be a, a veteran position like on the defensive side of the ball where they have so many holes. Then I would be like more open. I just feel like that there's other things like I don't even think they've come close to using Tony Pollard as much as they, they no. could in this offense. You know, like there's just I don't know like. The way that Kellen Moore is, I, I see him like falling in love with some of these receivers that they might have like a second or third round grade that they get in like the fourth or fifth round or something. I see that as more likely than them going to a 31 year old Des Bryant. It just, you know, it was it was it was the best soundbite of the entire day. And 100%. It, let's play it. Here we go. We'll give a little context here and we'll continue. You heard the talk about from Des Bryant wanting to come back and play. Have you visited that at all? Uh, 
I have not talked to Des directly. I've been thinking about it a lot in the shower. You have? I have been. I have been. I'm not dismissing it. I mean, I'm, I don't want to sound like it should be dismissed by saying that. Right. I'm thinking about it. Why? Well, because he's an outstanding player, and uh, uh, you know the obvious is the obvious. He's had a he's been had a pre, had a serious injury. He's been out a little bit, uh, but uh, Dez is a great player, and uh, uh, the, the obvious is the obvious is he's still is he still a great player, and uh, we know Dez better than anybody. I know him better. I know him better than I'm going to say anybody. Wow. That's so, lots true. to unpack there. So, and just the, if you told me, hey, I was just on the bus, Jerry said that he's not completely closing the door on a possible uh, Des Bryant return. Okay, my interest level in that, if we're going to score it from one to 10, one being no interest, 10 being the craziest, most interesting thing I've ever heard. It's probably at maybe, I'm going to say a six, six and a half. But it goes up to seven or seven and a half when you tell me he said that he was <laughs> thinking, thinking about it in the shower. shower. Like, which, which, hey, for us, tweeting, it's amazing. But, like, but lazy, lazy people are going to take that and run with it. But like, who among us doesn't do deep thinking in the shower? That's, that's, what, that's what intrigued that's me. Where, that's where I solve all of my life's problems. Right. But I feel like like people on Twitter are making you know inappropriate jokes with it, and I, I mean I get it. It's Twitter. Twitter. Yes. Twitter's more about jokes than facts most of the time. But like, <laughs> I freaking I solve the world's crises when I'm in the shower. I'm right there with you, Jerry. My, my favorite uh, response to John's tweet was somebody said. Gosh, that is so hot. <laughs> you <laughs> y'all like seen the, both him coming back and Jerry thinking about it. It's so that was a great tweet. Y'all whatever. have seen the memes that are going around, oh, yeah. right? Like people oh. photoshopping like Dez in Jerry's thought bubble while he, it's there's a lot. Just go look on Twitter. It's well, great. there's like a really popular quote that he said um, back in the day. I might have been. I mean, Troy Aikman was on the team at the time. I don't know if he said it about Troy, but he said it about another player. He's like, he looks good in the shower. Or yeah, whatever. he like said that. it meaning about that, Troy, too. Yeah, meaning like that he like, he's like, he just has like the good body type. He looks like, you know, yeah. he's like really in shape or whatever. But that's like his go-to. And I don't know, like Jerry, like as long as it isn't like a player, you know, like I'm trying to think of, let me think of a good situation. Like he obviously doesn't want the Zeke off the field stuff. He doesn't want, you know, obviously the Josh Brent situation. Like, so there's that category of stuff. But other than that, like any publicity is good publicity. Like he'll yeah. love it. Like he loves like that. Th- like there's no mistaking that. Oh, I accidentally said shower. I didn't mean to say. That. I didn't mean to say that. Like you know how like somebody else would have said like, hey, don't 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 quote me on that. That didn't that didn't come out right. Like he just like, yeah, no, you know, in the I shower. Think he meant he does not I, care. This is where I do my most yeah personal sacred, deep thinking it's a sacred space you do i mean sometimes i would get i would get like writer's block when i was in the music industry and i would like write a good song in the shower because you do you you block out everything you, you it's, it's, how are you writing it, you write melodies and stuff you just lyrics. mental notes yeah you, you take no i'm notes. talking about the actual writing how am i writing if you're in the shower he, uh, you, you write it in your head and then you get out you dry off and you sit down at the piano and knock it out go because okay, like i don't know about you hellman but like, and I and I battle this sometimes. Um, like I feel like 
the old school reporters always have like a notepad out oh, or whatever. Yeah. Not me. And like I, I feel like I need to do that more, but like I have everything in like no. the notes thing on my phone. Like yeah. I put everything in there. Like anytime I have a thought, like even if it's like I'm about to fall asleep oh, or dude. I wake up or whatever, I'm like, I gotta put that in my notes. Like for I got my grocery list is in my notes. Like yeah. I chart I I rec- like I write down my dreams in my notes. Like I you know, goals, to do lists, like every like what's yeah. at the top of the dreams one? Uh, the last dream I had. Oh, I meant. Oh, I meant like goals, like like dreams in life. Like, what's your what dream? Oh, I want to see the Northern Lights. That's just That's like a very attainable. Aim, goal. I know. aim higher, well, young Hellman. No, well, aim way I higher. I didn't say like. <laughs> Whatever. That's true. That's true. You did get to see <laughs> LSU win a national thing. title. LSU already won a national dream. title. Yeah, what's left now? No, Pelican, I mean. Pelicans. Do it again. No, get out. <laughs> I, I know what away. he meant there, and there's a few more, a few things on there. I, I think, to your point earlier, when, with John, when Jerry's a marketer, I think he knows ding, 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 what ding, bringing ding, ding. Des Bryant back to this organization would mean, A, for the fans, B, for money. Seeing 88 out there again. I think it's the same reason he brought Jason Witten back. Said, yep, doors wide open, man. If you want to, let's make this happen, man. And I I don't think he would even play nearly as much. You know, he might be a situational guy. I think that's even. He won't even be out there, but he's a locker room guy maybe. And just like. That might even be a step too far. Like, I mean, you're you're right, but mm -hmm. I think Jerry's just like. What's the harm in telling people this is possible because it's going to generate interest. Like, people are going to be talking about it because Dez is. He's got this electricity about him. It's very obvious how many fans would like to see him back. He was, you know, during his career, right up there with, like, Romo and DeMarcus Ware. He's, like, one of the most popular Cowboys of the last 20 years. So Jerry knows that that generates buzz, and and why the hell not? Like, what harm does it do to have people talking about it? Well, I think one of the things people are talking about right now, uh, and as soon as I got the bus, just tweeting and stuff like that, I noticed was the idea of... Oh, here we go again. Jerry's gonna be forcing these players on his coach and things. I don't see that happen. I really don't. I don't. Like, I don't think. I don't think he's forcing Des or or Witten on Mike McCarthy. If he if he doesn't think that they fit in what he does or he's not impressed by him, I, I don't feel like Mike McCarthy and this veteran staff is gonna be like, well, you know, we got to keep Jason Witten because, I mean, before you walk in the locker room, there's the biggest picture in the world of him, like. You know, that especially, I don't know, Mike McCarthy kind of just signifies like new blood in there. What If you read between the lines, what did Jerry say about Witten yesterday? And actually, my colleague Nick Eatman is the one that pressed him on it because Jerry, you know, the quote that came out was, I think Witten can play, I think he wants to play, and I don't want him to play anywhere else. Yeah. And Nick was like, you own the team. If all of that's true, then why isn't he back with the team? And Jerry said, well, I don't want to make this about Mike, but, you know, it's it's about a role. It's about a fit. And if you read between the lines, that basically says Wick can come back if he's okay not playing as much. Yeah. Like, if he's okay being a backup, he can come back. But we're not bringing him back to play 90% of the snaps and be the every down tight end. Do you think Jason Witten would rather remain with the Cowboys and play 25 snaps or go to another team and play 50? Remain with the Cowboys. 50. Really? The playing time, for sure. I think him being a cowboy for life means more to him than almost anything. I think I, I think he, he doesn't want to. I'm honestly torn. That's why I should wear it. I really can see either way. I really helmet can. for his last year as a. In what if it's a Giants helmet? I mean, that's a different story because of Jason Garrett. Okay, but I think that would be even worse. Honestly, I think yeah. I, th- I think it all depends on the situation. Like, it doesn't. It's not. It doesn't do enough for Jason Witten. Like. Why go play 50 snaps? First of all, he probably wouldn't play 50 with the Giants because they have Evan Ingram. Who's going to want Jason Witten aside from the Cowboys? No, that's the thing is like if Jason Witten could go get meaningful snaps for a Super Bowl contender, then I think he would do it. But why tool around 
playing 50 snaps a game for a bad team just so you can keep playing and that, and, and have it you know kind of you know people look at the Arizona years for Emmett Smith as this kind of not a stain on his legacy but it's like man it's kind of a bummer that that happened uh, and I think you know Jason Witten would probably want to avoid that too unless he had a shot to really accomplish something on that team. It would be wild to see him go to a team that, like you said, that would compare to those Cardinals teams. Like, I just, why would you Why would you come back for that? Because right. everything, especially going into last year, you know, he talked about, he would always mention about how he saw that team and how he he felt like this Cowboys team is ready to make a run and that they are on the, you know, on the cusp of being a Super Bowl. Like, okay, that makes sense to come back for. Like, because nothing's left in your career to do. You're going to make it in the Hall of Fame. Like, you've had a Hall of Fame career, obviously. You have all these, you know, franchise records and all that like you'd only come back because you want to win so the idea of him taking 50 snaps with like some team that is just like not even contender i'm just like why would he do that and that's why i mean so basic i really and i don't i don't know this for sure but like i think his two options are probably the cowboys because it's the cowboys or the giants because of garrett and everything that he's got there and those might be his only realistic options to get a deal in 2020, honestly, unless some, you know, maybe if somebody gets hurt in training camp or something crazy like that, but I don't know what else he would do. And so what about the Patriots? You think they would want him? I don't know. They, I mean, they might, I don't know. I guess they'd have to bring back. They don't back. have, I mean, they don't have a lot in the way of tight end. Yeah. I guess they'd, they'd have to worry about that quarterback. They have to bring back. Yeah, I don't they think he probably, wants to go there. I'm going to say, Witten probably wants to know where Tom Brady's going before he decides he would want to go to New England. Okay. Tom Brady goes to the Raiders. Would Jason Witten go to the Raiders? They have, I mean, he's not going to start, probably. They have Darren Waller. He was like, you know, he blew up last year. I don't like, that's my point. Is I like, don't see him anywhere but Dallas, to be quite honest with you. And I he's just, only, I don't and see it. Like I said, I think... You don't think he wants to live I, in Las Vegas for a year? No. <laughs> I don't think he wants to end his career being on a Cowboys rival team possibly beating the Cowboys and in a division that he knows how that is. He knows the perception of it. And I don't think he's as that loyal to Jason Garrett. Probably. To be quite honest with you. Yeah. I mean, if he's well, and that brings it back to the point, which is that like, I only see him with the Cowboys if he's comfortable being a role player, which he is, yes. ne- which he has never been in his entire career. Yeah. So, I mean that, but and, if it's, be a role player or you're not playing i think he would be a role player i um, we'll get the answer to that soon yeah. i think uh witten actually said at his you know he had his award ceremony for his collegiate man of the year award in frisco last week or two weeks ago whatever it was and he said he's hoping to have more conversations with jerry steven and mike uh when they get back from the combine so they'll be back from the combine in about three or four days and maybe that'll get kick-started as well I know he thinks he can still play, but it, it surprised me that he didn't try to throw his name in the ring more there as a tight ends assistant or coach for the Cowboys or something. Like maybe move move into the coaching uh, I think side that, of things. I think they did talk about it. Um, I don't know if he was offered the job, but I think he did talk about that with, with the Cowboys. And I think he just decided he wasn't ready, you know, kind of like what he said when he came out of retirement, which is, you know, you can coach for the rest of your life. You can only play for so long. So... If he thinks he can play, more power to him for pursuing it. I know this fired up the fans. How do you feel about him saying when he was specifically asked about roster needs and that, that the very, very best player available at 17? Do you believe that? No. I never believe that. It's like the biggest lie. And that's not a Cowboys thing. That's an NFL thing. Everybody lies about that. It's always, what's our biggest need at a position that we need? I mean, what's the best player at a position that we need? I just feel like there's a lot of positions on defense that they could sell that to me on on several different positions and say, yeah, no, this is the guy. 
and when I say that, I mean defensive end, defensive tackle, safety, and corner. Like they yeah. could say, draft one of those guys, and I'd be like, no, I believe that. Well, th- I guess when I ask you, I'm I'm talking about like Henry Ruggs. And that no, Are they th- taking that guy. That, and that's exactly my point. Is they will be able to get away. And I, it, I'll even put it to you this way: uh, they can't bring back Amari. Oh, then does that increase? The, if they, they, if they can't bring back Amari, I think that conversation changes. For the and I don't know if this is true. For the intents and purposes of this, I assume Amari's here on at least a tag. Okay. And in the, and that's exactly my point is they have so many needs on defense, and we don't know what they're going to do in free agency, but they still will. Like, they're still going to have needs. Cornerback, safety, D-tackle. Uh, we'll see about Robert Quinn. But they're going to have so many needs that they can draft Xavier McKinney or uh, C.J. Henderson out of Florida. They, they, they could draft it. Or, you know, if Javon Kinlaw's there, they could get him and say, he was the best player on our board. And, like, nobody's really going to question that. Yeah. But unless they take one of the first couple players you said, and Javon Kinlaw is there, well, they're yeah. going to have a hard time selling that. Which I, I don't buy that. I know, like, people say they hate drafting defensive tackles. They hate drafting nose tackles. Like, if Javon yeah. Kinlaw, 6'6", six, 3'10", right. six, right. who plays three technique and one technique that, and defensive end, like, if he's there, I think they would And that's what him. McCarthy's looking for. Yeah. Rod Marinelli wasn't looking for that. It's it's pretty clear. Uh, Mike McCarthy, Jim Tom Sula, they want some guys in the middle that are more similar to the size of B.J. Raji. Kinlaw is not uh, your uncle's D-tackle that got passed up <laughs> right. by Rod Marinelli. Like, that's not the same thing. Right, but, for sure. But, I mean, Henry Ruggs could be better than any of those guys, and I don't think they, they're they not drafting him at 17. Or for that matter, like, you know, I, I'm about to make people mad. Like, if somehow Tua Tungavaloa was there at 17, you think they talked about this on the think, last episode. You think they'd draft him? No. He, won't, he won't fall that far anyway, yeah. but no. I don't think they draft him either. At the very, like, they would probably try to get out of that yeah. and make a trade, but absolutely, Tua could be the, if he's there at 17, he's the best player on the board, and they're not going to draft him. They're not going to do that. Well, if they don't sign Amari, does it force their hand into drafting a wide receiver at 17? I think they should. Well, oh, at No, it doesn't force it. No way, because I think you can no. get a guy in, like, the third no, or this, second or third round. This that, receiver class number, is disgusting. Yeah. Does, does Gallup then move to the number one, your number one guy, your number one target? If yeah. Amari's Go get Chase Claypool. the guy that's getting doubled, no, he's going to be your tight end. Chase okay. Claypool is going to be your tight end. If um, if Amari's not on this team in 2020, I would guess they'll do what they always do and you know sign a band aid receiver. I don't have a name for you, but they'll go you know an Allen Hearns. I'm not. Ex- <laughs> I knew that's who you're. I mean, about, it's yeah, yeah. what they did. Yeah, so yeah. they'll get a guy for like sure. that. Not asking you know not asking people to be excited about that, but I think they right. would go get a Hearns type player. And then draft a receiver in the first three rounds, which with the talent that's in this receiver class, I wouldn't be mad about it because you could get a starter. You could get a starter maybe even in round four with how good these guys are. Yeah. Yeah. There's some there's some receivers out there. A.J. Green maybe a possible. I think the Bengals are going to tag him. You think so? I think. I mean, I'm not an expert on the yeah. Bengals, but. That's the only one that really sticks out as a name. No, I mean, like some guys out there. No, well, that, no throw me some guy names. Okay. Uh, Pharaoh Cooper. Yeah. Uh, I guess Randall Cobb will probably be back here. <laughs> that, the one thing I've learned this week in Indy is that Randall yeah. Cobb is coming back. For sure. He he will be back with the Cowboys, assuming he doesn't get blown away by an offer from somebody else. You know, and, and Tyron Crawford got mentioned yesterday when, uh, you know, Jerry was asked about keeping him, but maybe taking a pay cut or whatever. And, uh, you know, Jerry certainly sounded like, yeah, no, Tyron Crawford's going to be here. Yeah. We'll address that later on in, this, in, in the year. But, um, you know, like, 
those are guys that you already see like are at the facility. Randall Cobb, when we were we had that day where all the assistant coaches were available, Randall Cobb was there. You know, Cobb's that's there. not really somebody that's somebody that's sitting there trying to work for like every last penny in yeah. the in, in the free agent market probably isn't going to show up to the facility, keep that's, showing up like that. Like that seems like a guy that and and also uh, Randall Cobb was at the uh, introductory press conference too. Like it just like it certainly lines I up. He, with, I, th- I mean, again. If somebody else blows him away, I mean, he's going to do what's best yeah. for him. But, like, if it all lines up financially, and I think it would for a 30-year-old yeah. slot Absolutely. receiver. Who wants to play for that team. wants yeah. to play for the Cowboys, uh, who just yeah. had a baby. Him and his wife had a baby. Okay, they live yeah. in the area. Uh, I would expect him to be back. And, yeah, I mean, Tyrone Crawford lives at the facility. He's there yeah. all the time. And I think, you know, he, he's not, he's not like, the most crucial player in terms of ability. But I do think they missed having him oh, in that yeah. huddle as a leader, for sure. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. A couple other names here. Emmanuel Sanders. I think he probably stays in... He's got some local ties. San Francisco. He does. True. Yeah. Uh, Demarius Thomas. Probably near the end of a few more years. He was in Daz's draft class. Ted Ginn Jr. You are not blowing me away with these These are the guys. Oh, here we go, Dave. Cooper didn't do anything for you? Laquan Treadwell, Dave. No, I made that mistake (laughs) once. Yes. So, I mean, mean, that that right there, there. which is why... Devin Funches. These guys... No, No offense to you guys. Okay. Uh-oh. No offense. Uh-oh. But all you guys that are, like, obsessed with the draft, I feel like every single year you guys just jump on these wide receivers, like, in the first round. Like, if this guy's there, if no, this guy's were, there, if this guy's there. You were a DJ Chark there, guy, and he ended up being ball and, D- and uh, DJ Moore, right? You're all, I'm fine with the later round. I'm talking about in the no, first round, DJ how it's just, like, every year. Pro Bowler, baby. Every year it's about no, these receivers. It's like. When you talk when you talk draft. And I'm every, not talking about just you, but I'm just saying, no. like, in general. And then they get to the mock drafts, and people are just. Oh well, I'm gonna put CD Lamb with them. Or I'm gonna put Rugs with them. Like, and it's like when I don't you know, like when you talk every year, we're doing this. When you talk draft every year, when you talk about all 1,500 of the guys in the pool, like you're gonna yeah. be wrong about some of them. Well, but. no, it's not just that, but it's like those are identifiable guys because fans have seen them play. No, for sure, they know a lot about them. Like, it's very easy to fall like, in love let's, with receivers. Let's be real. The majority of people that are I'm hardcore NFL fans, hardcore. I'm not even talking about just your run of the mill. I only watch games on Sunday. Hardcore. Didn't know much about Javon Kinlaw until this draft process started because sure. they were not sitting around going. You're not watching. Oh, South the Gamecocks are on. I got this D tackle that I'd love for them to get. Like not many people yeah, are doing and that. But at the same there's time, there's a lot of momentum now. You could be a, you could be a first round receiver for South Carolina, and people are gonna if you're if you're insane. People like um, Debo Samuel went yeah. to South Carolina. People knew about him because when you make a crazy play, they're gonna cut in. You know, it's gonna blow up right. on Twitter. Whereas like Javon Kinlaw. Nobody's cutting out his highlights and making them go right. viral on social media or posting them on or putting them on Sports Center. Well, and then also with Alabama, though, if you're a wide receiver, you're obviously following in the footsteps of Julio Jones and Amari Cooper, and they just they seem to have these these good receivers. So then it's just like everybody knows but I also who Ruggs is. In this day and age, as pass happy as football has become, and as you know, if you're good at football, you start doing seven on seven when you're like twelve, and it's flashy and and yeah. blah blah all that stuff. It's getting easier and easier, I think, for very good receivers to make an instant impact. I mean, Debo Samuel was fantastic for the Niners, helping them get to the Super Bowl. McCole Hardman wasn't even yeah. a starter, but had a huge, you know, he was huge for the Chiefs. I just hate to use anybody in the Chiefs as a comparison because I just feel well, like Andy Reid has kind of got I, like the cheat code there. But and every, I mean, plug in. DJ Moore for Carolina, you know, he's had a nice start to his career. I, I mean, like, what do you think happens with Tony Pollard if he got drafted by the Chiefs? He would 
yeah, he would be awesome. He could do everything. Well, maybe not everything, but he could he be just as useful as a guy. Because like believe Hartman. me, I watched Super Bowl and I thought a lot about that Miko Hartman just because I mean, it's like kind of a little different piece. And I was like, but what would? How would he be utilized here? He oh, under the old regime, he wouldn't have been. They, they would have just been like, oh, well, he's fast, so let's line him up outside and yeah. have him run go routes. That's right. <laughs> one of the most exciting things, and we'll see how it works, but I'm excited about the McCarthy hire. Him talking the other day about how he used to like to use Randall Cobb in the backfield. Yeah. And he, I mean, I don't think he meant to throw a shade at Jason Garrett, but he was like, yeah, like, they didn't do any of that stuff with Randall last year. Like, he basically just played receiver, and I was like, I know, Mike, it was <laughs> terrible, which is why, McCarthy's like... he's going to unleash him this year, man. I don't know, well, I'm not even thinking about Randall Cobb. Like, I'm excited about what Tony Pollard could do for a coach who wants to use him as a receiver, runner, yep. maybe a, kick, uh, a punt returner. Gadget guy. Sure. Can I get a jet sweep somewhere? Can you get my man some no, touches? Oh, well, Tavon Austin sweeps. will be here. No, yeah. I don't think he will. <laughs> Lucky Whitehead? No, definitely not. Okay. Lucky's balling out in the uh, CFL. I forgot. Oh. They won the championship. All of this to say, which all of this is to say, really, I know there's a lot of moving parts. They got to get this deal done with Dak before the franchise tag deadline is up. Or Amari. Somebody. Yeah. They have to sign one of them Absolutely. so they can tag the other one because they need – you don't have to sign Amari to a five-year deal if you don't want to, but they need him on this team in 2020 to make their passing offense viable. And if, right. you, if you want to tag him and draft a receiver so you can move on from him later, go for it. But they need, they need him yeah, on this Yeah, let team. me be clear here, too, when I'm taking my shot at you guys on the wide receivers. It's because of what I, – I believe Amari's back. But as soon as Amari is out of the picture – yeah. I'm jumping in the receiver boat with you guys. Like I'm fine with that at, at 17 if that's the case. You know, See, if that's I the best even, player available. I don't even want one at 17. I would. Really well, I'm like, talking if like a CD Lamb falls yeah, or somebody oh, like like God, you know, that would be exciting. Jerry Judy, which oh. it's not. It's not going to happen. But I'm just saying, like then I could understand a but lot of that. But I that is I don't know how Jerry and Stephen Jones sleep at night. Like because it just sounds so stressful to me. And they're they're used to this because this is their life. They live it and breathe it. But like I'm sitting here thinking, like if we don't get this done. And we only have one tag, and we have to tag Dak. Then we just lose yes. our second best, off, or you know, we, our best receiver, the guy very who, worried about the that. guy who dug us out of the ditch two years ago. And I know he had some bad games last year. I don't care. Like he is a game changing receiver, and like he could just be you allowed a to, first round pick for a yeah, year and a half. And he he could just walk in three yeah. weeks if you don't find a way to get something done. Like that scares the crap out of me. I don't know. Like, I would be so stressed if that Steven, was. Steven was might be and Will might be, but Jerry's not. Jerry, well, but don't you kind of think, like, that's why Jerry wanted to talk about the CBA. Like, Jerry's like, look how good this is. Like, you guys need to approve this because he's like, get this thing in so that we can start making moves and get our players under contract. Like, that was what I came away with was, like, Jerry's like, the clock's ticking for me. Yeah. I need you all to pass this thing so I can start doing business and start getting people signed. Yeah. I mean, again, he had a piece of paper, yeah. notes on it. Yeah, that he was reading off of. Mm-hmm. Where do you see them, Dave, possibly drafting a receiver? You think they probably go defensive line at 17, if you were to guess? Maybe they're probably going to look at defensive back pretty Steve, hard in this draft. Steven Jones said that defense is going to be a focus. The writing is like it, the writing is in 30-point font that yep. Byron Jones is not coming back. Like mm-hmm. It would be a shock if that were to happen. So they're going to need DBs. They're going to need D-tackles. Um where they draft a receiver or if they draft one at all, probably it depends on Amari and it depends on Cobb. If they bring them both back, then 
I couldn't. I'd be surprised if they did it before like the third or fourth round. Honestly, like yeah. I don't know yeah. how you unless unless you just get an absurd value. Yeah, our uh, our editor here at the at the Athletic Ormoyal, shout out to Ormoyal, has been doing a lot of mock drafts, and his latest one at eighty two he had. Well, first of all, AJ Epinesa was at seventeen for him, and then we have Cameron Dantzler, the the cornerback from Mississippi State. At 51, and at 82, Denzel Mims, who had a great workout here from uh, from Baylor, he blew up last blew night. Blew up, and uh, but Dane thinks he he blew him up in a way that he thinks he's going to be a top 50 pick because of the way he performed out here at the combine. And that what seems- you guys have been saying, uh, you know, I was here with Birds with Friends the other day doing a, doing a show, and they seem to think there's going to be th- those three top receivers going to be gone like in the top 10. It's going to be one of those crazy. Heavy, yeah, I, don't know. I wouldn't be heavy. surprised if it's not just because of the fact that there are so many receivers. I think that there's a lot of people out there, or teams are going to be out there that I are think. saying like, yeah, I know what. If I, we just wait this out a little bit, I think there's going to be some receivers that mm-hmm. slip. Yeah, I think. I mean, and that's the and it's the same thing for the Cowboys as for a lot of people. You're like, yeah, I mean, Jerry Judy's sitting here, but I could get Jalen Rager, Denzel Mims, Devin Duvernay. Jalen Rager's a baller. I feel like they kind of probably did that. I probably. Th- that's what the they blueprint did with is. Gallup. Michael Gallup. That's, that's what, what they did with say, Gallup. Yeah. They were like, mm-hmm. we don't need to do this right yeah. now. And I mean, sure enough, Gallup was there at eighty-one, and I didn't know much yards. about Michael Gallup up until I knew that point when they drafted him. He was a, he was a yeah. senior bowl guy. I knew. I mean, they liked him. They brought him in, but yeah, I mean, he was definitely under the radar. Yeah, like I didn't to, think he'd come in, and then I don't think no. I didn't think he was going to be as good as he he no. has been up. You know, this early in his career. Yeah, I would agree with that. And and that I mean, that's going to be the narrative this year is. Teams are going to be like there are there are receivers for us later. Let's get the cornerback. Let's get the D tackle. Let's get the whatever. And I, I don't just mean the Cowboys. I mean everybody. Very real. Like possible. Gallup's ceiling is higher than Terrence Williams. You know what I'm saying? For like, sure. When you oh my watch God, him, he's such a better player. Right. Than and, Terrence but Williams. and that's a guy that like, I'm I'm just trying to compare because you know the third round guys. Yeah, and Terrence was actually drafted before Gallup. I yeah. think Terrence was like pick 75. I think. I mean, not by yeah. a lot. Yeah, but. like 74, 75. Yeah. Yeah, man, some of those some of those bigger names might fall to seventeen then, and then the Cowboys don't pick again until fifty one. So it's gonna be interesting to see kind of four four maybe snag a big name or go for a mid tier later yeah. round guy. Yeah, yeah. tell yeah. people to come listen to the draft show because we went over this whole thing with yeah. Dane Brugler the other day. Is like four quarterbacks are gonna go before the Cowboys pick most likely. Uh, there's like there's like twenty five offensive tackles at the top of this draft, and obviously. The more of those guys that get picked, the better, because it's just pushing defensive playmakers down the board to the Cowboys. Dane's sitting right here. Dane, do you think if they want Denzel Mims, they have to draft him at 51? He's not going to be there. That's what he says. Yeah. That's, I'm, these receivers, the ones that we weren't talking about are making themselves money, too. Cause, I mean, yeah. my guy... I like Justin Jefferson a lot. He played at LSU. Love him to death. But I'm, I, I'm like, yeah. I mean, he might be a second round pick. Then he goes out in the stadium last night and runs a four four four, on top of being a fifteen hundred yard receiver at LSU. Like Dane told me before we got on the air that he might be a first round pick. It blew my freaking mind. There's just a lot of talent in that receiver class. There is, and it's, it's interesting for sure. Well, a couple other notes here uh, before we wrap things up. You talked about asking Jerry about the sign-stealing scandal. What was his thought on that? Did he have a thought on that? I appreciated your um, outside-the-box mentality there. I was yeah, I don't not think, expecting to hear that. Yeah, I don't think I would have asked him if he was, like, the Seattle Mariners, you know, but because it's Houston and I know he has ties with yeah. uh, 
with you know their ownership and that he knows those guys um yeah he didn't want to talk about because he didn't want to somehow come off as like he was taking a shot against them or anyway but like he ended it by saying like i I don't know how that that like would correlate over to the nfl (laughs) it's real easy you could be like live footage you could be like taping taping sidelines and then like like the patriots were doing three months ago i'm just like it's i'm i'm using modern technology if you have a live camera there's a lot of things that you can do to that if it's putting a feed and you know like I don't know. I just I don't think it's very hard to correlate that you couldn't. I'm nope. not saying that like someone's gonna be over by the Gatorade tub banging on it. Like that's oh, obviously God. not gonna matter in, in an NFL game. But there's way to, ways to you use get a technology. real radio frequency. Maybe steal some calls from there the quarterback to the head coach. You know, maybe offensive coordinator. Much like speak. Absolutely. Much like baseball. And you know that's what the Astros are Can, like. Hey, cameras in the locker rooms. Oh. I don't know if you guys see, have seen that man. They went into the locker Shout rooms. Shout out Antonio Brown. They went in the locker yeah. No, but I'm talking to like halftime. They went in the locker rooms in the uh I was watching one of the XFL games and they were like literally in there while, oh, yeah. while like hell mummy is like like re, re no, they're drawing on the play. Yeah, they aired the live something. the play calls yeah. in the XFL. Well yeah, that but I mean it was it was just fascinating to see him like calling out guys and like get over here to this like whiteboard while he's like working out a play and stuff. I'm just like I bet the players are like, he would never be doing this if there weren't cameras in here. <laughs> you know? That's every player and coach I've ever talked to always tells me like man you like you think you think halftime is so dramatic because of the movies yeah. but like we just kind of go and sit at our lockers and drink some Gatorade and like okay yeah they're doing this let's try to do that Check and then Twitter. We, and then we walk back out <laughs> like I've never heard a player say like oh yeah that speech or like so and so diagrammed it and it just clicked and, no, and that's why we won no but I genuinely genuinely believe that Bill Belichick makes adjustments at oh, halftime. I genuinely yeah. believe that. And watching and the Cowboys he, over the last few years, do, do you really think that they no. were going in the locker room and they made significant like, adjustments? It's a new age, John. Okay, but I don't have saying, to harp on that. Well, I like to bring it up. I genuinely believe that Bill Belichick looks for every looks at every rule, every advantage he can possibly get. Isn't that what you want in the head the, coach? There's the the whole filming thing is just insane to me. Like yeah. I didn't think it was a, a big deal, and then I saw the footage. Yeah. And as somebody who literally used to make those kinds of videos for NFL teams, like they weren't, they can't use that footage. Jerry Jones yeah, you couldn't use it. Jerry yeah. actually brought that up yesterday too. Uh, you know, one of our colleagues asked him about special teams, and Jerry Jerry bashed the coaching staff after the Patriots yeah, game, absolutely. Spe- specifically the special teams, which. In that game, I mean, he even said, he was like, you can't, you come up here expecting to be at a disadvantage anyway because Belichick's so great. But, like, watching the Patriots specifically, I mean, you can take the whole team, but, like, the Patriots special teams against the Cowboys special teams in that game, it was embarrassing to watch. Like, it was just like, oh, this is a clinic. Like, one of these teams really harps on all of the details and has all their ducks in a row, and the other team just kind of looks like they're flying by the seat of their pants. And well, it was, one of the, one it was of the striking. Teams, their special teams coach got hired as a head coach. Yes. Immediately. Big so. facts. And had, at some point, has had four special teamers in the Pro Bowl. Like, oh, God, what's what's the dude? Uh, Slater. Yeah, Slater. Slater for the Patriots. Pro Bowler just as, like a, as a special teams ace. Yeah. Yeah. That is amazing how that's always a... A strength for that team, but I and you know, to their credit, I think the Cowboys are have are taking steps to correct that because John Fossil has a sterling reputation. McCarthy has said multiple times in the off season that like that's going to be a point of emphasis because it seemed like for so many, and that goes back to the Des Bryant conversation. By the way, is like if you want to be good on special teams, 
the back end of your roster has to do it. Yeah. And Des Bryant's not going to do it. Jason Witten didn't do it. Like, there were so many guys on last year. Sean Lee, not going to be a special teamer. There's so many guys on last year's roster that did not provide value on special teams. And I think that's something that they're going to try to change. That's a good point. Yeah, I can see that. I sure. can, Steven mentioned Kai in his thing. He said, did a great job. So... John was skeptical that he'd be back. I think I am still I think they skeptical. Want to bring that didn't change me anything. Like he'll be part of a competition. He ain't, he doesn't no. have the job. Like, I mean, they're just no, 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 no. I think I think he'll be in training. Camp. I would yeah. I would guess oh, yeah. they'll bring him back. But yeah, I, I don't expect it to be a foregone conclusion. Why wouldn't they try and do exactly what they did with Dan Bailey and try and find a guy that's an undrafted guy and if they put don't him, put put it out a competition out there and see if somebody yeah. can win it? They should absolutely bring in a rookie kicker or two. Well, you want them to draft Rodrigo, so I do not. But if he can, <laughs> if they can get him here as a free agent, I'm all for it. Uh, you mentioned the XFL. Did Jerry say anything about the XFL? Nobody asked him about it? No, we uh, ran out of time. Let me just say this. There was, I don't know if you caught out of this, but after about the hour, hour and 20-minute mark, I noticed some reporters looking at each other like, you good? You good? Are no, I mean, good? which I hate to sound like a bad reporter, but an hour and a half of material, and by the way, it's like 5.30 at night, You're and like editors and, and managers are going to be expecting you to produce content when it's over. I was like, okay, we need to well, get out of here if let me I'm going to finish this stuff before 11 o'clock But let night. me also add this. Like, it wasn't like there was a lot of stuff being said that you were like, no, by oh, that this point, is really open open book here. Let's keep digging. Because if, if that's the case, then yeah, you ask about a lot of other stuff. To but quote like, Clarence Hill, banging balls. Yeah, but, but oh. judging by the answers he gave to like the Astros question, the combine here. What was the weirdest question that was asked? Was it the Astros? What was the most off- Nobody just like. Usually, it ends on something. Astros, some kind of laugh you know, moment. Astros you know? was probably the most just outside the box question. Mm-hmm. Um, God, if you had just said something about banging on trash cans, I would have been just happy with that. <laughs> and on a trash can. Thank, um, I mean, it wasn't outside the box, but the stuff about you know he he doesn't have any immediate plans to put Jimmy Johnson in the Ring of Honor. I guess yeah. that was. Gosh, what something. is that? What's going on there, man? That's. That just looks bad. At this he, point, it just I don't still looks bad. And I don't think he cares. I don't think it looks great, but... I, yeah, what it does is. it hurt Jerry that he's in the Ring of Honor? He, he really, like... Who cares if his name's up there? I think he will be. Just what? not right now. And at this what point... What are you waiting for? Honestly, to <laughs> at this point, I kind of think it looks worse for Jerry if he just shoehorns him into the ring of honor right now because he got voted into the hall of fame yeah like it i mean it doesn't look great any way you slice it but i can see why he's like let him do his hall of fame thing let that be the story instead of me trying to sort of salvage this by forcing him in there right now and i would guess he'll, jerry doesn't do anything that on anybody else's schedule. yeah that, that anybody wants him to do he does his own thing case in point he does his yearly combine thing on his bus. Yeah. Every other, all the other thirty-one or thirty dudes who talk are doing it over here in the convention. So I'm going to tell you right now. When I went over to the Conrad Hotel here and sat there for whatever it was, three, three and a half hours, while the owners were meeting uh, a couple days ago, I told multiple reporters that were there that like I'm not leaving until I see Jerry Jones leave because while there are people from the league. Um, pu- public relations telling us that there's no news today. I was like, well, that's fine. I'm not leaving until Jerry, because Jerry can sit there and walk down those stairs and he could have just blown everything up and just started saying whatever. Yep. It's like we saw some owners walk by and I was like, all right, yeah, everyone starts packing up their things. I'm like, I'm waiting. And then uh, I had someone text me that Jerry had just shown up to Prime and so I known that he had left. Okay, so I was like, all right, I can leave this hotel. But I was not going to leave no. until I saw him because... Just I could just see in that meeting them being like, all right, guys, we're about to break. 
no one talk about this at all or whatever. And Jeremy's like, oh, well, there's some stuff I need to say. Let me go on. And there. that's when I talk to other writers here at the Combine, it's so funny when you compare notes because they're like, well, yes, like, you know, the owner or the general manager or whatever, they're like, he talked at 3 p.m. on Tuesday and that was his one availability for the week and we probably won't see him again until training camp and I'm just like, <laughs> like yeah. Jerry could talk to anybody at any yeah. time. Like, there's no predicting this stuff. Right. On his radio show and even, you know. He's got you three, get him like three times a week if you, three, on a good week. Three times a week during the season and <laughs> like at least once a month in the off season. It's, it's funny too crazy. because like I read a lot of the other writers obviously that work at The Athletic that cover other teams and you know I read what they're writing here at the Combine. There's a lot of like, you know, speculation stuff they hear behind the scenes but they don't like have a quote that goes with it because there's nobody that's there to provide a quote because nobody wants to talk about it on the record. And so I feel like, like I did a 15 things that I just put out, 15 things that I learned uh, at the combine this week about the cowboys and i literally have like almost a quote almost every single thing because it's some way or another not to say that it's the most earth shattering thing but there was a quote about it because jerry or somebody talked about it you know like and most teams it's not like that at all you know exactly dave i wanted to ask you before we leave here we talked we ended the last show on this what do you think they're going to do at backup quarterback you think they bring a veteran guy in here maybe under a new regime um yes i this is just me spitballing but like Unless Mike McCarthy is just blown away by Cooper Rush. Right. He doesn't have any relationship to him. And, mm-hmm. and Mike McCarthy is an offensive coach. You know, he's a West Coast guy. He's got his own plans, his own system. Um, I would just imagine he wants to bring in a guy that he's familiar with or, you know, a guy who fits what he likes a little bit better. Um, I don't know how much money, like, I don't think the Cowboys have a lot of money to spend on a backup quarterback with all the other deals they've got to hand mm-hmm. out. But, like, I looked at it the other day. Um, A.J. McCarron is a, is a free agent. Colt McCoy is a free agent. Actually, Brett Hundley, who I believe Mike McCarthy drafted. That's what uh, didn't have John a, said. Didn't he- have a sterling Green Bay career, but there's familiarity there. I would just, I would expect them to... I would expect him to want somebody he's a little more familiar with. And then if it were up to me, I would I would draft or draft a quarterback or get another priority free agent like Cooper Rush was. Um, yeah, just to kind of keep that thing churning. Um, I guess I, I, can't. I expect him to do both. I expect him to get a veteran backup and then priority free agent to kind of groom, practice squad guy. They always seem to get like <laughs> growing up in Detroit. Like I don't remember any undrafted free agent even like being on the radar. And then I come down to Dallas and it was like, there was just a run there where it was just like, they had, I don't know, like four or five guys around the team that were undrafted guys. I like, I mean, it helps basically what I'm saying is that when you get that phone call and you have an option to go to two or three different teams and and the money's all pretty similar, like you get a chance to compete for the backup job, you know, against Cooper Rush or the Dallas Cowboys. I think you're going to pass up on a lot of other opportunities for that. Like that. Yeah. I really feel like they get most of the guys that they really want after the draft is over. Yeah. For them. I mean, Depending on the depth of the roster, I, f- I feel like it's hard for them to get offensive linemen these days because there's not a lot of opportunity there. Um, like if the, if, if they undrafted guys is the eighth round, I, yeah. I would feel like, not that I've studied this, but I would feel like it, I'm pretty safe in saying that they would be one of the top five or six teams. Oh, yeah. I agree. That round, you know? I agree with that. But again, I think it just depends. Like they're never going to get a, a great free agent running back for the foreseeable future. Like they missed, oh, the, yeah, yeah, they yeah. missed out on Chris yeah. Carson a couple years ago. Cause he was like, why would I want, like there's yeah. no opportunity yeah, for that, there at for all. Sure. Um, so, but yeah, for the most part, I think they really do kind of get the pick of what they want. Um, like I was really surprised last year that what's his name sign with them. Uh, 
Mitch Hyatt from yeah, Clemson. That you did know? Surprise I just me. felt like there was there had to be better opportunities to play somewhere Mitch else. Mitch Hyatt and Brandon Knight actually yeah. both. I remember people were like, these guys are borderline. You know, they're draftable players, yeah. and they both they both came to this badass offensive line. That was definitely surprising and impressive. Yeah. Um, I guess I can't rule out Cooper Rush completely just because he would be relatively affordable. I mean, he's a restricted free agent. Dak never gets hurt, so he's probably not going to be playing. All you have to do is tender him to keep him. Uh, So I can't rule it out, but, you know, coaches want familiarity, Mm -hmm. and I would imagine. Tell Dave who you want. I think it's going to be Colt McCoy, given the fact what's going on. There's there's another quarterback in Dallas that you've been mentioning. Landry Jones? (laughs) Stop it. Actually, I don't. I haven't watched a Renegades game that he How played in. How good, you? man! I went to the. O- I, I went to with Landry. Landry. I went to the opener with yeah. Kent, but Landry Jones didn't it's play. Philip Nelson. Oh, yeah, but Landry. Landry's Jones been play. out there, and he's he's uh he's two and zero in the XFL. He is. I think PJ Walker ends up somewhere in the NFL if he wins if he wins MVP. And uh, this XFL thing, man. It's these scouts gonna, love this. The scouts love dude, seeing these guys play. Dane, what's the safety's name? The safety that's Kenny, like, Robinson. Kenny Robinson. Yeah, Dane blew my mind. Like, there's a. Have you heard about this? He's like a junior or would have been a junior. Oh, that's doing that instead. Left school to help pay his mom's bills. Yeah. And he's going to be eligible in this draft. So it's theoretically possible. Is he in St. Louis? Yeah, he's with the Battlehawks. He could get drafted. You were at that game. They did play the battle. Yeah, I guess I watched him play. I didn't know he was there. Sorry. Sorry, Kenny. But (laughs) he could get drafted. He could get drafted on Saturday of the draft, day three. Like, let's say he's like a fourth round pick. The XFL championship game is the next day. So, like, he's this badass player. He could be like, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming they get there, obviously. But, like, he's like, I'm not going to play in this because uh, I don't know if he can do that, though, because, like, those contracts are pretty hardcore. Are no, they? No, it's, it's I thought once, the, once the season's over, is, they're free to sign with any NFL team. But even in the playoffs? Like, that's not so part of the season? If he's in the championship game, then he The only reason I'm bringing this up is when you read that story about Landry Jones, like, where I think it might have been Pittsburgh was interested in him. They and, said. And Oliver Luck hurt. was like, no, no, he's not available. He's but, signed but with us. Because his contract goes through the season. But after that, they're free to go try out for teams. If they don't make those teams, oh, man. they can come back to the, NFL, the so, XFL. Theoretically. Okay. Could be in training camp. He can do whatever. Kenny Robinson could be playing in the XFL title game. As a member of another ex- NFL well, team. Yeah, he could have his rights drafted by an NFL team, yeah. but he has to play that game. Right. And then as soon as it's over, he can do whatever he wants. Just make some business decisions God, out there. That's so interesting. That is very, I don't have to look, at, look that up, see what, what the rules say about a guy getting drafted in season. Because you would think they would have scheduled their championship game for the week before, so that way their season's up and aren't hurt. It's never happened, yeah. Yeah, there is. Yeah, Dane's right. There's, it hasn't happened Well, before. if it works out for him, maybe other guys will take that route well i like i said i think it's colt mccoy just because what's what's uh, happening in the with the washington with alex smith probably coming back dwayne haskins still there i would love i would love to have colt Case mccoy as Dak's backup <laughs> veteran <laughs> guy yeah he's from texas i know a lot of you know a lot of people back jerry knows texas what he can do excited. remember that game what was it 2015 2014 promo broke his back colt mccoy beat him in overtime yep. one more xfl for question for you guys well, Terrence Williams didn't make the Battle Hawks. Did you see that? I did. Didn't even make the team. I did see that. Disappointing. Does Bob Stoops move the needle more if he would have been the hire instead of Mike McCarthy? I think Bob Stoops would move the needle for people who, like, don't closely follow the sport. Like, casual, which, I don't know, no offense, but casual fans would be like, oh, yeah, like, I, I know that guy. He was awesome in Oklahoma. That's great. And more hardcore fans would be like, this guy's been out of coaching for like three years and he's never coached an NFL team. Why is this exciting? That's how I would have felt. Yeah. I would, 
maybe I'm too close to the situation. I think Mike McCarthy's a much better hire than Bob Stoops at this point in their careers. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. I just didn't know if I wanted to hear what you guys had to say. Like, because uh, I. I after they hired him, and then I saw the other other hires that the, you know the other four teams made, I was just kind of like, well, what else were they really going to do? Like, I would which for the record, and I know Jerry wasn't interested in going that way. I think we've talked about it. You were you were not impressed. Like, I would have been I would have been very interested and excited uh, by Lincoln Riley just to see if he's as good as everybody thinks he is. I wouldn't have been against it. I just don't know that I, I that that happens, and I'm like. This is oh, this is amazing! Like the, this team is so loaded, they're ready to make a Super Bowl run right yeah, now, which no. is clearly what Jerry is expecting. Right. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I think there would be there would have been some growing pains there. I know? would agree. Yeah, I'm surprised. I thought that was Bob Stoops' end game. Coming down to Dallas is like, hey, Jason Garrett might be out of here. I'll be down there. The season won't have started. Really now. wants to coach. Yeah, I but really that's don't. what that's my point. Is apparently he's all in on this XFL thing. I yeah, think- but being all in on the XFL that is not like being all in on the NFL. It's not like being all in on a college football team. The older, I think it's it's that, and I totally understand it. It's it's such a stressful job, and it's yeah, it's freaking hard too. It's like. Yeah. These older coaches, like, they get into a mold where they're like, man, I, I just actually want to coach football and not deal with any of that. Like, yeah. Rod Marinelli was so happy to just coach defensive linemen. And, you know, every now and then he talks to the media, but it's not like he's under this constant scrutiny. Yeah. And he was just, like, happy as hell to be doing that. I bet For Bob sure. Stoops is the same way. Yeah. Just like, I've been there. I've been the guy that's in the spotlight twenty four seven. I'd really rather just. I mean, he received interest from a, yeah. from college football teams this this past off season. Like, it doesn't oh, seem like he was really that interested. I got to go back to freaking just talking to eighteen year olds every hour of every day and constantly sweating that anything less than the best is going to get me fired. Yeah, no thanks. That sounds no. painful. Yeah. Wish he would have done that in Tallahassee. Um, you, well, yeah, sorry. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> well, uh, one last nugget here from the combine. Jason Garrett was spotted at uh, Harry and Izzy's with with good old Freddie Kitchens the other night. Having a, I heard he's been there drinks. multiple times. What do you think they spot. were talking about, uh, man? So what was your firing like? The glory days. Freddie Kitchens uh, worked in Dallas for a hot minute. Oh, did yeah. he? Yeah. And they're talking probably probably v- catching up, visiting the old days. Saying, yeah, I heard yeah. they were hanging out like Mark Colombo and Derek Dooley and that. I I yeah, I didn't know how many coaches were elsewhere. I saw Frank Pollard. On it with a Jets uh, yeah. thing on. I saw Ben Bloom with a in the Browns. Yeah, I actually I I chatted with Ben Bloom a little bit. Um, yeah, it's I mean it's crazy how that happens. Who's been the uh, most surprising or the person you're like, oh, that's so and so that you've seen so far being there? Because mine's the exact same as when I was at the Senior Bowl. Who? Dan Marino. Oh, I, I actually I just walked by him in some hallway and I was like, wait a second, that's a guy from the Ace Ventura movies. Oh, Dan. Yeah, I saw. Um, <laughs> Actually, this one Can threw... you imagine saying that to him? Oh, yeah. Hey, you're... And he's just like, here we go. We're going to do this again. Ace Ventura, like, yeah. Oh, my God. That was amazing. You're a weird guy, Ace. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> this isn't like a crazy big name, but like I, Oz, Ozzy Newsom's been here oh, all yeah. week. Yep. But I'm like, Ozzy, you're retired. You're just here for fun? Like, yeah. what, what are you doing here? Maybe... I bet he's like a special consultant for the Ravens or something, but I was like... If I did, which Indy's great. I love coming here every year. It's a lot of fun. But like, if I didn't have to be here for work, I definitely yeah. wouldn't come for fun. Man, I saw Joe Philbin for years after he got fired from Miami at the Senior Bowl, at the Combine, just networking. And here now he's in, got a great job in the NFL again. So yeah. some of these guys want want another job. They can get it if they hey, keep you know, their face familiar with people. You know. You know who also come up here for fun? Who? Brian Broaddus. 
Oh my God, it's killing him. I'm sure it is. It is killing him. (laughs) Absolutely is. Well, we miss you, Broadus. It hasn't been the same without you, but it's been a really fun NFL Combine. And check out the draft show with David Hellman. Dane Brugler's been on there all week and is uh, providing some great insight on the Cowboys draft. So check that out. And we're going to head home. We're going to check out these workouts. We'll be back next week with Kevin KT Turner to, to wrap up all these workouts, see what stuck out to him in terms of on the, on the field and maybe some interviews and, and stuff. And we got some mock drafts coming to The Athletic as well. Going to play a little mock draft game on the podcast. I'm excited about that. So draft season has only just begun and free agency is just right around the corner. So stay tuned for that. Remember to get that 40% off at The Athletic. Check out all of John's writing as he's been uh, out here grinding on the uh, on the old typewriter. It's weird, it's weird that you bring a, an actual typewriter, John. I respect it, but it's very heavy for you to be carrying that thing around. I just like to pay homage to those who came before me. You're old school. You're, you're an old school journalist, that is for sure. Yep. It's been a great time. Thank you for listening. Theathletic.com slash About Them Cowboys for that discount. For John Mashoda, for David Hellman, I'm Kent Garrison, and we will see you next time on About Them Cowboys. About Them Cowboys.